on the next episode of Sip Suds and Smokes. On today's chat episode, we are talking with good old boy Kendall. Hi, and, everybody. Uh, we're we're talking about uh, beer uh, for sure today. Obviously. Thinking back to those days, how many episodes did you think you would be on at that point? In time? Oh, no more than five. <laughs> I thought I might do a few, and but na- and now I've lost count. I really don't know. Yeah, I didn't sit down and count, but I would say you've probably been on a good 200 episodes probably by now. As much as I love the beer component of this show, my favorite episodes were the hot chicken shows we did. <laughs> At Party Fowl, we had some hot chicken lovers together, and we blind tasted like five or six different restaurants' hot chicken, and that was a blast. The next morning was not so fun, but the hot chicken shows were fantastic. We'll be right back after this break. live from the dude in the basement studios why because that's where the good stuff is it sips suds and smokes with your smoking host the good old boys ready to learn everything you ever wanted to know and a whole lot that you didn't it's time for a chats episode hey welcome to this chats episode where everything good in life is worth discussing i'm good old boy mike and joining me here today is good old boy kendall mike it is a pleasure to be here with you today and just you i'm really excited about this yeah this is going to be cool our chat segments are all about people behind the products or services well, you talk about here on Sip, Sudden and Smokes. And today our episode is actually celebrating, you know, one of our co-hosts on our 10th season of Sip, Suds and Smokes. It's crazy. We've been around that long. It's just absolutely just completely nuts that we've been around this long. So uh, I'm, I'm so happy to uh, feature, you know, this discussion, you know, today with Kendall. Do you remember how we first met? Oh, I do. Yeah. You do? Yeah. It was, I cannot remember that. It was a craft brood. In fact, I was is is back in 2014. I was working part time there in the evenings. Oh, that's right. And uh, Ryan, uh, who worked on the liquor side, yeah, said you were going to be coming in that night, and uh, you were an award winning podcaster, and I needed to meet you because you were like the beer guy in town. Huh. So, so many people. You know, uh, we had early days there uh, working with Craft Brood. So Sean, mm-hmm. who is still on the show, right? Um, I mean, he had a period of time where he was not on, but we did, you know, a lot of shows, you know, there at Craft Brood. Yeah, it was a it was a fun place to go, and I mean, I still go there, even though I, I haven't worked there in years. But it's a good one of the best beer shops in town. <laughs> so one of my favorite stories about some of those early episodes at Craft Brood. So we did a that was one of the times we did audience participation. <laughs> And I can't remember what beers we were talking about, but we had some people that we pulled from, you know, within Craft Brood if they wanted to be on the show. We recorded back in the in the back uh, room, which was pure concrete. Mm-hmm. It was like the worst place on the 
face of the planet you could have possibly yeah. recorded. We had the worst gear on the planet. I think I've probably taken this episode down, you know, probably because I was so ashamed <laughs> of how that went. But I'll never forget the guy that came up and we were asking them. Um, I can't remember what the question was. It was like, uh, what would be the question that you would ask the brewer? Um, and he leaned into the microphone and he goes, what about them naughty parts? <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> dude, we're on NPR. Seriously? You know, I can hear the ombudsman going, yeah, those guys are definitely off, you know, for no reason whatsoever. But a lot of great days, you know, there Good at times. Craft Brewed early on. And more importantly, it led to a lot of, you know, people that have been on the show. Ryan's been on the show. You've been on the show. Sean's yeah, been on the show. Been quite a few of us. Everybody but Chip. <laughs> who owns craft brood actually chip was on an episode he was on that episode where the guy with the, oh, the live parts, talk yeah. yeah yeah he did yeah that was pretty funny and uh i love the fact that craft brood is still around i mean i mm -hmm. hung out with brandon there you know the other night for yeah i was just in there having beers uh last week it's a it's a great spot i it's not in my neighborhood so i don't get down that way as much but when i am i always stop by yeah, and, you know, there's always interesting things that seem to be, you know, flowing on there. And um, that was the um, the big uh, Black Friday. You know, they put all the right. stuff on from Bourbon County and all these big, you know, end-of-the-year beers. And, yeah, so I show up on Tuesday, like, you know, a week later, which is <laughs> two for Tuesday, and, uh, and, and kind of help to clean the kegs out. So... Yeah, I saw that they uh, put a lot of the leftover draft in, in the crowlers. crowlers. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I was not there in the morning. I don't wake up and stand in line for beer anymore. It's. Uh, I'd rather sleep. Yeah, it was funny that. So Reverend Mark dropped by there as well, and it was interesting that he and I picked exactly the same batch of, of Berman County. It was that special batch four or something like that mm -hmm. that they put out. That was our favorite out of the, the entire the batch lineup. Four was good. I just had that at the saucer last week. Really? Yep. Wow. I had one last round there before they shut her down. Yeah, that's sad. So interesting. They come and they go, and yet yep. we're still here, man. There's always places to drink beer. Yeah. So thinking back to those days, how many episodes did you think you would be on at that point? In time? Oh, no more than five. <laughs> I thought I might do a few, and but now, and now I've lost count. I really don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't sit down and count, but I would say you've probably been on a good 200 episodes probably by now. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I was figuring about 50 to 70. Oh, no. You've been on a lot more than that. I've yeah. been on quite a few. That's yeah. for sure. Yep. And uh, I would say that we've tolerated Dave equally you know, <laughs> over that period of time. You know, it's really funny, but I know you've said this a lot, but you're like, you know, I don't know that I'm part of the OG that's not true, you know. So you are as much of the fabric. Of I did not start till 2015. I think that was season four. Yeah, but yeah. still, I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine having, uh, you know, even a few months drift, you know, drift by without you being on at least one episode. So yeah, I, yeah I've listened to those early years. I uh, went back um, back in 2014, listened to everything you guys did. So I felt like I knew you even before I got on, on with you. Wow. Those are really so some pretty, pretty interesting and some really bad episodes. All they were the same fun. Time. We were learning. I think it was the technical component of it that really just, you know, kind of crawls at me. Although I look at a lot of the people and the conversations we had and I, 
it's like watching, you know, a train wreck in slow motion that nothing really bad happens, you know? <laughs> it's like, wow, it missed the goat, the trash can, it missed the mailbox, the train's still standing upright, you know? It's somehow. Like, you know, somehow, some way, you know, that's the way it went down. Well, we are drinking today, and we're going to be chatting about some some of these beers as we're going to go along. So we've pulled in some things from the cellar. We have some fresh local beers. And the funny thing is, is what happened up front? Oh, yeah. We both brought a beer that was long past its prime. <laughs> just like, how do you do that? I mean, I... We, uh, we both have very uh, eclectic cellars, and um, for some reason, the both of us completely independent of each other walked down and grabbed I, I grabbed one that was absolutely infected um so i don't mind talking about it, it was actually the quadruple big bad baptist we'll see it was uh, like batch three or something yeah that was uh i'm not sure what went wrong but there was a little sourness to it it wasn't yeah. terribly funky or wildly off <laughs> like you were reading on all the things that they dropped it into secondary barrels it was like in a in a in a bourbon barrel, in a rum barrel, rum barrel. They had barrel aged chocolate, barrel aged almonds, barrel aged coffee, yeah. and that all came together. And there's just too many opportunities. You, you picked up a bug along the for way. a bug to sneak in, Definitely. and I think that's what happened. And this beer has aged so long now that it really comes out. If you drank it fresh, you would have never noticed. I agree, and I'm sorry I missed that moment too enjoy that fresh for sure um and then what was funny is, is that you followed right behind me and brought a beer that yeah i brought a beer it was a collaboration between uh blackberry farm jester king creature comforts nola brewing and rhizome productions for the newey belge series in 2018 it was called pleiades and it was a fantastic beer but even last year i had a bottle and it's like okay this thing is past its prime it's still very good beer but it's not as sharp as it was at year two and it's been about another year i had one bottle left it might be the last bottle in the world uh, and it had just fallen off a lot which happens that's why happens. you don't want to just fill a cellar full of beer and age it i i'm now convinced that you should mostly drink your beer fresh absolutely and um you know once stuff is about past three years old you probably should drink it absolutely and you know i think that's what's interesting is i think that we have all learned about how to manage you know beer sellers you know over time and yet i mean here's like two diehard industry veterans and <laughs> we still got it like yeah. dead wrong so i'm, I'm willing clearing out so much of my cellar my cellar will never be as big as it used yep. to be so definitely our suds rating for the uh for the Big Bad Baptist Quad from 2012, I think it was. So I think that was uh, definitely a one for yeah. sure. And the Pleiades. I'd give it a one. You're going to give it's it a one. It still <laughs> tasted generally like beer. <laughs> well, we've swapped. And I will tell you that we actually moved on to a beer that is actually pretty good. It's beautiful. So this is the Great Divide 20th anniversary. Um, and uh, this beer was actually made with grapes. And tell them about yep. the grape it was made with. The, now that you're going to make me pronounce it, the Viognier. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I was trying to grab the bottle and it's say, little, so this is from French. 2014. Oh, it's, uh, when, it's held up. I had no idea it was that old. Yeah. Uh, I would not have guessed this is a seven-year-old beer. So it's really it's, funny. So, I mean, of all the beers that I you know tend to think of, especially ones that I've aged with Great Divide, I mean, Yeti would definitely be, you oh, know. Yeah. 
Uh, definitely the ones that you would age. So yes, this is age. not. This is actually a a Belgian ale. Yeah, just a Belgian golden ale. Uh, really dry. That with the grape juice in there. Um, it, I think it, the yeast just tore that up and just attacked it. And it is super dry. It's clean. It's not very. You're not getting a lot of those big Belgian esters. Um, and it's just a beautiful beer. Very. I can't believe how carbonated it is. The head on this thing is amazing. Well, I only hope that we're around for 20 years, you know, to be celebrating something. I think you know, so. For sure. Um, but, uh, wow. What would be your rating on The Great Divide? I'd give it a four. A four. Wow. I'm going to stick with that as well. Uh, it feels like it's fallen off just a little bit. Oh, and I, I, I bet around year three and four, this thing was beautiful. Yeah. But it's still amazing. And it's always really cool. And the thing that you and I both noticed was... Uh, when I uh, popped the crown cap, was, oh, yeah. the could, CO2 was like dead on perfect. We were like, it? oh, yeah, I know that noise. Yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. It was like, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you now for sure. Well, uh, we're going to be uh, enjoying a little bit more beer. You know, I'm sorry. I actually don't uh, have any more fresh local beer. For I've, us got to some, enjoy. I've got some fresh homebrew I made. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. We can well, get I'll into that later. That. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Kendall's background and all things beer and hot chicken <laughs> after the break here. Hey, welcome back to Sip, Sudden, and Smokes. On today's chat episode, we are talking with good old boy Kendall. Hi, and, everybody. Uh, we're, we're talking about uh, beer uh, for sure today. Obviously. Yeah. So what is like one of your most memorable moments, you know, on the show? As much as I love the beer component of this show, my favorite episodes were the hot chicken shows we did uh, at Party Fowl. We had some hot chicken lovers together and we blind tasted like five or six different restaurants, hot chicken. And that was a blast. The next morning was not so fun, but the hot chicken shows were fantastic. So uh, rather interesting, um, you know, episodes. So, uh, you know, I want to talk about... Uh, these two hot chicken episodes that we did have definitely withstood, you know, time quite well. And I'm, you know, I'm really proud of the fact that I think the way that we approached it really both allowed us to capture, you know, the conversation, you know, around hot chicken. Mm -hmm. I, I've not really heard anybody do it quite the way we did. No, it, it was fun. So uh, the first episode was called I Yearn for the Burn, and it was about taking I think we took about seven or eight different restaurants um, and we tasted them all blind. And then we rated, you know, them completely blind. And then we announced the first, second and third, you know, uh, choices out mm -hmm. of that. And those places are still around. This was like seven, eight years yeah. ago, right? And all but one are operational. And the one that's not operational is, uh, it's working on coming back. Yeah. So they just changed uh, locations, uh, which is, um, a pepper fire in yep. the in the storyline. So the first episode is called again called "I Yearn for the Burn." So here's my favorite uh, clip, at least from that episode, and then I'll tell you what happened with the second episode you know, right <laughs> after this. Going to be good old boy Kendall and his top three picks. So take it away, Kendall. What's okay. your number three pick? Well, can I do a good old gal Juliana here? <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, are you going to say there's honorable mentions? There in is this? an honorable <laughs> oh, mention. My goodness. Because for me, picking number three, uh, my number three was uh, difficult because I thought B was really flavorful. It was moist, uh, but just not enough to get it up to what my real number three pick was, which was uh, G, which I just thought had great moistness really good fried chicken flavor and it had a heat that didn't hit you right at first but boy when it snuck up on you it hit you hard it was just hot i think f and g both had a little bit fresher they were hotter in just the temperature of the chicken they may have come out of the grease a little later in the process compared to the others because obviously we can't taste all of these restaurants all at the same time all at the same temperature so yeah, really, that might the, be it. The last two, to me, were just hotter off the grease. Yeah, I agree with that, too. They seemed like they were fresher and, and just right out. So, uh, but yeah, back I, to your ratings. Back to your ratings. Sorry. Yeah, I really like G, and I was going to give that a smokes rating of two. <coughs> this has my attention, but I yearn for the burn. So you have another number three? Is that what you're saying? No, that was my only number three, oh, well. G. But my but almost... He liked B, but it didn't quite cut it for three. <laughs> almost number three was B. So my number two pick is F, Ooh, which I also F. thought was 400 degrees. It's pretty funny how I, th- I think we're all saying that because I, I wrote that down. It's, it was crisp, very moist. I don't know what the way to describe the flavors these guys did, but it was just hot. Mm. And it, it's the one that really hurt me a little bit. But uh, if you want just heat, that's the one to go for. Uh, but I didn't think it was, uh, to use a beer term, as well-balanced as I was looking for. So, um, yeah, that was that was uh, my number two pick, and I'm giving that a smokes rating of two. <coughs> that's my attention, but I yearn for the burn. So you're saying the hot profile was pretty good off that one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the hot profile. So my number one pick was C, and Ooh, I liked it because I wow. thought it was very balanced. Uh, just rich flavor, just tastes like great fried chicken. It was, it was crunchy, it was delicious, and the heat on that one didn't just hit you in the face, but it really builds. At first, I didn't even think it was very hot. About 30 seconds later, it's very hot. Uh, and I just like the way it, it was just all around a great one for me. And I want to give uh, C a smoke rating of three. How about that? Very nice. I'll just go away so I can enjoy this. A lot of threes. Hmm. That was fun. So uh, it was really, I, mean, I actually don't remember the key to that. Do you remember what your one, two, three ended up being? I remember uh, what the collective one, two, three was. I think I was close to the collective. I think I picked uh, Pepper Fire and Poultry Fowl for sure. Okay. So uh, our one, two, three, and I don't remember the order. Uh, well, I remember the top was 400 degrees. Oh, yeah. And uh, then I want to say that Pepper Fire came in second and Party Fowl actually came in third. Yeah, Party Fowl made the list. Uh, actually made the top three. And it was a real surprising moment for all of us because... It was, you know, it was interesting. We were actually recording there at mm-hmm. Party Fowl, and I don't believe that any of us walked into that place and said, "You're worthy," you know. Yeah. And and really thinking that they were going to at make the, the time, list. Party Fowl was new to the game. Yeah. They hadn't earned the love of a lot of Nashville hot and chicken lovers. And they had sorted through a lot of recipes, you know. Yeah. And and but that day it was good. They were making good hot <laughs> chicken. So 
I love the uh, second episode that we did. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this, but all I have to say is the name of the episode was "You Are an Idiot," and so <laughs> it was. Uh, so we did a blind tasting of the hottest of the hot Ooh. chicken in Nashville, and so. It, what's funny about it is, is it's the only episode that we've actually sent anybody to the hospital in. So what happened was, is that, uh, so the, the, the episode itself was we tasted the hottest of hot chicken in town blind. And we actually was an audience participation show. And we had people that came up and they were tasting along with us. And one of the things that they had to do was they had to taste it and rate it along with us. But before they could sit down or get a drink of something, they had to say the Pledge of Allegiance <laughs> successfully before. And I can't begin to tell you, when somebody is under physical duress, oh. they would skip a whole section. They go, I pledge allegiance to the flag and to the republic. And for, wait. Start over again. You know, you're like, Wait a second. And it was just so hilarious. So listen, if you missed either one of those episodes, go back and check it out. Uh, the story of why we sent somebody to the hospital. So the cooks were actually downstairs. Their, their kitchen is below ground mm -hmm. at Party Fowl in the basement. And one of the cooks actually got into some of the hottest of the hot that they were checking out. And one of them was executioner from big shakes. And uh, they actually have a contest, you know, uh, mm -hmm. where people are tasting uh, executioner. What I forgot what the other uh, hot one is. It's actually a step up from executioner. Anyway, I'm not, not even aware of that. So one. I would uh, not go there. It actually sign it. You have to sign a waiver. Ooh. And we actually had the participants uh, sign the waiver from the audience that day, but one of the cooks, you know, got into it downstairs and they actually wound up in the walk-in cooler, uh, doubled over. And we actually had to call in paramedics to come in and check out on them. Oh and uh, they had to hang an IV, you know, and uh, <sighs> flush them out with tons of water. That was crazy. All I know is there was not enough chocolate milk in that building that day. Mm. Was there? It was hot. It was. It was a great episode, though. And I know that we're going to go back and reprise it. You know, yeah, we need to, to do it again. Just need to refresh it just a bit. You know, um, there's some interesting things that have, I think, been introduced into the you know hot chicken market. And it, but the, that's the thing I love about Kendall is that <laughs> a lot of people, you know, you're like, oh, Kendall's a beer guy. He has, his, you know. Cicerone, you know, and there you are hanging out with us, you know, in the middle of this hot chicken episode, <laughs> hanging with Sparky and I both. I mean, you know, it's it's Love like hot chicken, yeah. And even you know, we go out with Trent and Sparky all the time, and and we're like, yeah, we're, we're totally in, you know. Or, I mean, I can't hang with them, you know, in in terms of the heat oh, that yeah. they enjoy, yeah. But. I'm I'm about a middle of the road guy. Well, and I'm a flavor guy. I'm yeah. not like a heat yeah. person. Yeah. So you know, absolutely, it's got to be good chicken. And yet, you'll find all of us sitting there in 400, going a key. You know, thank you so much for you know making this chicken. You know, for <laughs> us today. You know, please stay around. Can you just expand just a little bit? You know, one more location that would be great. So, you have a day job. I do You're in the middle of yeah. all this. I do have a day job. I'm a community and content manager for a large Nashville uh, healthcare technology company. So I manage online communities. I've been in healthcare tech for over 20 years. I've used to do the really techie stuff, you know, building the software, testing it. 
and I've moved more user facing. Um, and so now it's, it's just interacting with, with our, our customers and our users on the online communities. Mm. It's a, it's a fun job. I, I really enjoy what I do. Well, and you also work with uh, Lef, who runs yep. Rhizome. That's so. My day job's healthcare tech. My night job, uh, weekend <laughs> job, is I work with uh, with Rhizome Productions, which is I think the premier uh, beer event production company in the southeast. We do, uh, you know, gonna brag on us, but I think we do some really great festivals. You know, like the Winter Warmer, Best East Nashville Beer Fest. You know, uh, rest in peace, the Shelton Brothers Festival. Um, we run, we want run some good events and, uh, it's a lot of fun doing that. It is really wild that, you know, the number of, you know, events that, you know, our cast members go to, um, and yet we have this very, uh, interesting connection with somebody that, that that's what they do, you know, are, are run these festivals and you can definitely see a marked difference between, mm-hmm. You know, some people that are doing this, you know, really, really well. And some people that are, you know, kind of missing the mark, you know, in some various places, you know, kind of along the way. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of people just, there's a lot of fest these days. And it's really easy to throw a fest. It's really difficult to throw a great fest. Mm. All right. So, we have to chat about uh, the beer we're enjoying here. So, this beer is uh, from Clown Shoes, which is Millionaire. And this is finished off in a cognac barrel. I'm liking it. Uh, to be honest, I've not been a fan of clown sh- a lot of clown shoes beers. I've just I've had a lot of bad beers from them over the years. Um, <laughs> that just you know big bombers, big bombers of just interesting stuff, and you pick it up going. I, I wonder if this is any good. And this so, one is. So if you want to know where this clip came from, this is why this exists. Banned once again <laughs> because after we had clown shoes on, this was like episode maybe like maybe 12 or something like that. We talked about clown shoes and I just hated it. I was panning <laughs> every beer. They just suck so bad. I mean, it wasn't like one beer. It was like one beer after the other. And I just was not enjoying any of them. And, uh, I think John and Jim were both on that episode and wow, man, I got this like nasty gram from them, you know, uh, two or three weeks after it broadcast. Oh, wow. And not only did they did they not like what I said, but they actually enlisted the town council to ban us from ever coming into you know the <laughs> town where clown shoes was at. Oh, that's and hilarious. So that was where that sound clip finally came around. I'm like, oh cool. We've been banned from some part of the that's, planet. And I'm like, hey, you know. that's that's an okay thing to be banned from. Like I said, not had a great experience with their beers over the years. I know. it's uh, It has been kind of a uh, mixed result uh, you know, component. I, you know, give them credit. I, I, this one's a decent beer. I'm, I'm kind of digging it. What's funny is, is all the Massachusetts you know, beer that I've had. This is Massachusetts, right? I think it is. I'm not even sure. I- Ipswich. I'm sorry. It's uh, Ipswich. Pretty sure. Let me uh, let me look here at the label real quick. Uh, if I can figure out where it's from, um, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Ipswich uh, is where this is. Yeah. So um, yeah, they totally uh, said, "I'm sorry, but you're not welcome here." So <laughs> yeah, every time that's you, fine. Yeah, you hear that uh, sound clip. That's that's where that originated. I'm happy to say that we're banned, and not only just you know Ipswich, but we're uh, we're banned in like you know. Uh, 28 municipalities, you know, three countries, 
Canadians still just are on the fence yeah, right. you know, about it all. So, you know, that's the way it goes, you know, for us for sure. I love your blog. And so tell us all about Beer Makes 3. Yeah, so June and I started Beer Makes 3 in 2012. I've got to admit, it it's not as active the last few years as it used to be. I think a lot of blogs go that way. But we still published a, a few posts a year. Um, we started out because we both love beer. We like you know, learning about beer and, and kind of teaching other people about beer. So ju- we just wanted to share our knowledge. Over the years, it's turned more into maybe a travel beer blog. Mm. Most of the posts we do are about places we go to drink beer. And some of that has come over to the show. I mean, you guys have done a couple of episodes together. Mm-hmm. Not nearly as many as I wish the two of you yeah. would do together. She's been on a few times, but uh, it's been fun. So we recently took a beer trip to Salt Lake City. Uh, got an article about that. It's a great beer town if you haven't gone. But yeah, we've traveled all over the country drinking beer. And we, we try to write about that. Working on one right now from our trip to Austin. Uh, we actually hit Austin, Shiner, and San Marcos. Was it weird? Uh, Austin was a little weird. Was it weird? Not that weird. Was it weird? No, not too weird. <laughs> not Portland weird. I mean, I guess Austin thinks they're weird. They're not Portland weird. No, I think Portland's strange and Austin's weird. I think that's how it works. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> but uh, I, I loved Austin, but it was a good trip. But yeah, so we like uh, drinking beer uh, all over. Weekend. Well, I really love those shows that we did about Oregon. Um, so we did actually several shows uh, covering things in Oregon. Um, we did, uh, one was, you know, the trip that you and June mm-hmm. took, which was actually traveling. You did this giant circle. Yeah, so, we did a circle around Oregon. And uh, what was interesting is, is, I think you were actually there on the day that uh, Elasian sold out, or you were like within like a couple of weeks or something <sighs> when they when they moved to InBev. I yeah, I think we might have been up in Spokane about when that happened because we were getting we got up to Spokane and uh, wash through the Washington area and Oregon quite a bit because she used to have family up there. Yeah, um, but uh, and you know the other episode that you and I did was actually we did a show for the Portland Visitor Bureau. Yeah, and uh, I really loved that episode. We had a that great, was great. That was great. And it's a uh, good city. We talked about a, such a broad range of things. I mean, I love that town. Um, and it's definitely one of you know the parts of the country. A lot of people ask me, you know, my favorite parts of the planet, and I mean, I love you know uh, walking, you know, or I should say, driving up and down Waterfall mm-hmm. Alley, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's just really the Pontiac Dam was gorgeous. The Pacific Northwest is gorgeous, and and I'm falling in love with the Mountain West too. At this point, I've spent a lot of time in Utah over the last few years. Utah, Colorado, you know, down through New Mexico. It's a great area. You don't have good hot chicken out there. What are you going to do with that? No hot chicken. <laughs> I've had hot chicken in other cities, and it's usually disappointing. Are you packing coops like me? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm packing coops. I don't mind to tell people that I have a to-go plan, you know, always, you know, for hot chicken. All right. So you've taken the certification process to a new level of crazy. All mm-hmm. right. So um, you're one of a handful of people on the planet to become a a, a master. Not a, not a master. Not advanced. a master. So an advanced. I'm not that crazy. Yeah. They actually were able to mint a few more in 2021. There's about 140 of us now. 140 advanced, advanced Yeah. Yep. 
So that's been a lot of fun. I've loved the process because I love learning about beer. And so it was a great way. I'm also a BJCP judge. So when I learn about beer, I want to really make sure I know it. And it, it, the reason I went through the certification was try to kind of give me a sanity check. You know, if I, I can say I know about beer, but you know, if I don't prove it to anybody, do I really know anything? So that's just the way my mind works. Yeah. And I really love to, you know, I actually drop by when you're in the middle of uh, pounding down, like, you know, 30 pilsners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so funny that's the fun part you, you know, get to you drink were, a lot of beer you were, you were just like so into it you know that day i was like kendall what are you doing you're like i'm studying i'm like got a lot of beer there on the table man yeah. you know so a lot of blind tasting it's a great way to learn about beer <laughs> and you actually tattooed fermentation uh right there i did it's right there the formula's on my arm we'll be right back in one minute Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. This is good old boy Mike. And on today's chat episode, I'm chatting with good old boy Kendall. It's a lot of fun doing this. So how long did the tattoo take? I want to know. I've never asked you the mechanics of it. Uh, the tattoo took maybe a half an hour. Because it's just, it's simple black line. I mean, it's just black ink. And oh, okay. when they don't have to do shading or colors, it's really fast. It's like I had two it, hours? I had it done by a great tattoo artist. Her name is English. She works up in Inglewood. Um, and it, it, um forget the name of the tattoo shop. But she did a great job. So about a half an hour. So to, I can explain it. It's the chemistry yeah. uh, equation of fermentation. So... C6H12O6 turns into 2C2H6O plus 2CO2. So that's fermentation. You take uh, sugar and it turns into alcohol and CO2. There you go. But I wanted a beer tattoo, but I didn't want like a, you know, a ridiculous, you know, glass of beer on my arm or. Or um, you didn't want the Cicerone uh, logo. Well, yeah, that too. (laughs) But but I really wanted something obscure and nerdy. Yeah, so I I got that one. Uh, so, um, but I, it was when I was studying for a Cicerone exam I, is when I came across the formula and it's like that'd make a great tattoo. So, a uh, piece of history you don't know about me. So actually, that was the path that I was on. Was um, I actually was in chemical engineering very early on? I, I was had no idea. I was split right in between going into computer engineering and chemical engineering. I made a lot better grades in chemical engineering than I did in a lot of the technology classes, um, just because you know, I mean, you were studying a lot of things that were like you know almost ten years old by the mm-hmm. time you know from the technical side. Right. And you know, I mean, chemistry has you know been around you know for a long time, yep. and. Uh, yeah, everybody was betting on me to go the route of a uh, chemical engineer. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, and I you def- became a lawyer. Yeah, I defied everybody. <laughs> so there you go. I don't know what to tell you. You know about that? It's just right, right turn. You know, right, left, and you know, yeah. So that's kind of how it goes. So I, I love this. So this shared experience you and I have. Uh, it's really funny because. I think the only judging experience you and I have done was the the can thing. Oh yeah, um, the King Can Awards. Yeah, the mm-hmm. I think that was the only one that you and I did together. Is that right? I think so. Have you judged? Let's see. Did I went, you do some pre judging at the Nashville or the uh, National yeah, Humber Competition? I, I, I did. I did do uh, some of those with Art, um, and I did some of the Clarksville events um, as well. But I don't think I actually was there like on the same days mm-hmm, with you. Right. So. But it's interesting because I actually I don't I'm, I don't homebrew on the regular. I have you know brewed you know a lot of beer, but 
I don't have my you know regular rig, you know that I I actually just you know borrow Revan Marks, and, right? You know, use you know his uh, his uh, rig for anything that I'm doing. Um, but it's very interesting when I, especially as to sit with a friend or more importantly a cast member like you. I I mean when when you're looking at a judging sheet, I mean, do you approach it from the bottom up or the top down? Um, top down. Yeah. Yeah. So you're thinking that every beer is worthy and you're just looking for flaws within it. Is that, a? I don't mean to paraphrase. Yeah. But- I mean, and well, where I start is I'm very subjective. It's just like, I'm going to tell you what I'm experiencing, what I'm feeling, what I'm tasting, what mm. I'm seeing. And that, that has no bearing necessarily on the quality or the goodness of the beer. This is just what I'm experiencing. Then I kind of compare that with the, the guidelines, the checklist, and that's where you come up with your score. So there's a subjective side, there's an objective side and, you know, all judges are different, but the more you judge, you kind of get into that rhythm of kind of knowing where a beer is. Like, you know, I can taste a beer and say, you know, this is a 20, this is a 30 and this is a 40 on a scale to 50. Yeah. Because it's a, it's either a, 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 an okay beer, a good beer or a great beer. And you take almost on first taste, you know that. And then you start kind of dissecting it and coming up with a reason why you're pinning it a certain score on it. Mm. So it's a lot of fun. And I love that process. You know, it's, it's very, you know, you've got the basic categories of appearance, aroma, mouthfeel, flavor, and overall. And it's a, the very, and it's not that different from the sommelier process, that deductive tasting process of what is it? Sight, nose, flavor. Uh, that they use um you know it's just what do you see what do you smell what do you taste well and i love how that all that kind of bleeds over to the show because we have a lot of you know bjcp you know judges you know sitting there on a lot of the beer shows and yet what i love is that we don't all approach it the same way no you know because i'm a bottom-up guy i mean i'm like you all suck. You're not worthy. <laughs> Prove me, you know, otherwise. I was actually thinking of a of a beer that I judged uh, quite a long time ago from Jerry. I don't mind to mention his name, who made a jalapeno blackberry uh, milk stout. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, to, you know, actually poured that right into a glass, you know. Yeah, um, that could go one of two ways. Yeah. <laughs> Guess which way it was, you know. <laughs> You know, I never thought that somebody would actually go in the negative direction from you're not worthy to, oh, my God, this sucks. You know, you should stop making beer, you know. But, yeah, it, it really did, you know, get pretty pretty <laughs> bad, you know, for sure. But So I really love the methodical way that you, you break down, you know, beer in your tasting mm-hmm. notes. And so, which, you know, we're all sitting there at the table, but I, I love the fact that we, we don't have a group think process. You right. know, I love the fact that. You know, when we're sitting there and we're tasting, you know, like eight beers, I mean, I, I can't begin to tell you how many beers you and I have sat, you know, four feet across from each other. And you would think that we were on opposite ends of the planet, you know, from each other, you know, about mm-hmm. what we were tasting all, and, all the time. Yeah. Completely opposite. Yeah. But and then there's other times we're like spot on. We yeah, absolutely agree. And, you know, so and and I don't think that either one of us have the goal to either be right or correct or to be, you know, mm-hmm. I want to say the same thing that you do. I, I love the, just how, uh, um, honest and, and independently, you know, that, that you and I have 
so much space, you know, for each other that mm-hmm. there is no way that I would say, oh, I just don't believe what Kendall's tasting, yeah. you know, um, or his palate's off or, well, you know, anything Everybody's like palate's that. different. We all have different experiences and we all have different preferences. So, you know, no two people are going to agree on a beer. And that's the hard part when you're in an official judging session is, you know, coming to an agreement because two, two people judge every homebrew at a competition. So there is some... No, it's not just one person's opinion. And you try to get into a ballpark range. Well, in that I like that negotiation process mm-hmm. that you tend to go at the end after you've gone through the score sheet. Yep. You're actually consolidating, you know, with each right. other. You're kind of like, where can we arrive at, you know, a common thing? And and it there is a collaboration and a give and take that you're doing with the other person. And I actually oh, yeah. like that as an enriching process. And I mean, we judge a lot of other things, you know, outside of, of beer. And I, that's one component that I actually miss, and, you know, because everybody has blind spots, too. So judging with somebody else sometimes helps you see something you totally missed. Yeah. I'm always perfect until somebody <laughs> says that I've done something wrong. And then, well, that's usually Juliana. But, you know, you know, the, I usually arrive at the same point where <laughs> I probably should have been all along. So, but, you know, I love the fact that, you know, all right. So. Uh, one quick question before we uh, close out. So who's your favorite person in the craft beer scene? Oh, that's an easy one. Are you going to say Ken Crossman? No. Ken would be in my top five, you yeah. know, along with uh, Garrett Oliver mm-hmm. and Sam Calcioni and some cool people I've met. I'm. It's not like I'm just throwing out names. I've met no, these no, people. No, no, we've I've, met all these I've people. I've drank beer with these, these people. These are people that know us. I drank know? beer with Garrett Oliver once at like 1 a.m. in a bar right. in Indy. It was yeah. wonderful. He yeah. just regaled us with story I'm after sorry, story. I'm sorry, but, you know, Ken Grossman, you know, holding up a, a, you know, a whole bunch of hops going, Mike, Kendall, what do you think of this? Yeah, you know? that I'm tour like, at Sierra was special. <laughs> but uh, my first uh, the person I love in this industry more than all is Julia Hers. Oh yeah, she's Absolutely. special, and she just got a new job. I'm I love so excited her new for gig, her. man. Yeah, yeah she is so the she's new homebrewers yeah. executive director for the American Homebrew Association. I, I so. love that. Uh, she is absolutely one of our uh, favorite people on the planet. She's a firecracker. She loves craft beer. She was at the Brewers Association. I think every beer lover in the country um, was bummed when they heard she got laid off of, as oh, the craft beer director from the beer, Brewers Association because yeah. the Brewers Association had a rough 2020 and they Very had to let difficult. go a lot of wonderful people, many of them friends of mine. Um, and, and I knew Julia was going to be great. I never would have thought she would go back and run the AHA, but I'm really, as a home brewer, I'm very excited. I'm a member of that organization. I'm glad she's going to be at the top. Yeah. She has more passion for craft beer than about anybody I know. Hmm. All right. So I am a huge fan of the late James Lipton from the actor <laughs> studio. And I always wish that I could have answered these closeout questions. And I love going through these, but now it's, it's your turn to go through them. You're nervous yeah. about this. Yeah. I, this is what I love about this. All right. So don't overthink it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what's your favorite word? Beer. <laughs> what's your least favorite word? Last call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm not quick on my feet like this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just helping you. Don't seriously. What's your no, least favorite word? I don't know. I don't know if I've got if one I had to pick for you. It would be no, no. Yeah. yeah the word. Sure. No. Just yeah. no. Yeah. Just the word. No. <laughs> so uh, let's see what turns you on. 
my beautiful wife. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, what turns you off? Bad aromas. Ooh. Man, we've been around some places where that's the case. Oh, yeah. It's like, seriously, whatever was in that keg, please just oh, right. It's like, that needs, that didn't need to be dumped. That need to be evacuated. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. What sound or noise do you love? That pop of CO2 when you open a beer. Ooh, wow. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I agree. That is a good sound. So what sound or noise do you hate? The gurgling you hear when you kick the keg. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't have that noise loaded, but uh, I know how that goes. You're like, oh, man, this is about to end, you know, for sure. All right. <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite curse word? Can I say that on the yeah, air? Yeah, you can. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> now, why is the F word so popular with like 90% of the people? It's just, it's just got it's a great sound to it. Because it's, it's an adverb. It's a noun. It's an adjective. You can use it in, you any, can use it in so many in ways. And it just, ways. it just comes out you know, yeah, easily. I, I completely agree. Could get us banned from, you know, like... 300 radio stations. NPR. Right, yeah. And the FCC, in case we don't bleep that out. So what profession other than the your own would you like to attempt? A pilot. Ooh, really? Yeah. Wow. I love airplanes. I like flying. Huh. So, uh, you know, I worked for American for two years. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Yes. I know how to run uh, airlines. So that's where I made my... That's where I... Made and lost my first million um, was uh, airline operations. And uh, so literally like probably 20 of the world's largest airlines run on the same operating model that I was in a small team of 20 people that helped develop back in the mid 80s. So literally, I mean, you name an airline, I'll go, yep, they use it. Yep, they use it. And uh, so, yeah, wow. that was uh and so one of the things we had to do was we had to uh, we had to cross train uh, between union people and non-union. So I was uh, management. Okay. And so you had to train into a union job um, so that in case they were you know were on strike, you could still run the airline. And you had a lot of choices back then. You could learn how to be a flight attendant, or you know you could run some other parts of the airline baggage. You know, um, but. So much of my time is actually spent with people in equipment dispatch, aircraft equipment. So I became a flight dispatcher. Oh, wow. So I went through the whole process of learning how to, you know, do flight dispatch and getting certified, you know, with the uh, FAA and taking the, uh, taking the exams and all that jazz, you know. Yeah, I know more about waypoints than you ever want to know. <laughs> but one of the cool things we got to do is uh, we actually got to hop into the flight simulators because it was all part oh, of wow. the same, you know, building. And so um, that's where they did flight simulators and um, they did all of the flight attendant training for evacuation and over water landing, you know, certification and everything else. But yeah, the... The flight simulators were that totally sounds fun. cool. So, that sounds fun. So it was not unusual for me to actually get like, you know, two hours of flight simulator time, you know, in pretty much any modern, you know, aircraft. Wow. Yeah, that would so be fun. I have to say probably my favorite uh, aircraft at that time was the 757. Yeah. And uh, that was like one of the first, you know, glass cockpits, you know, kind of thing. And uh 
you uh it was just it was a really cool aircraft um where you had a combination of fly-by-wire you know components as well as you know full glass cockpit you know that you actually got to go through and uh, yeah actually there was a lot of people that are encouraging me you know to go all the way through flight school and stuff and and yeah at the end of the day where, where did i wind up making beer podcast yeah and, and going to law school so there you go so yeah that, that dream got crushed wow. you know behind a few beers so <laughs> yeah but really you know an an airline yeah pilot, that'd huh? be fun yeah huh so but we're almost out of time right yeah we're getting there you know so you know, uh any, there's one question you didn't ask me which was what's my favorite beer what is your favorite beer i've got a great answer for this yeah orval Orval, really? Wow. Because if you know Orval, Belgian Pale Ale with Brett, Britannomyces, the beer ages. And yeah. it doesn't matter. If I can only have one beer to drink the rest of my life, it's Orval. Because a fresh Orval tastes different than a three-year-old Orval tastes different than a five-year-old Orval. And so no matter which Orval I'm drinking, I'm always getting a different beer. Interesting. So Orval Day takes a whole new context I for you. I absolutely love Orval Day. It is, it is really a fantastic beer. I look forward to having Orval with you soon. Well, it's really super great stuff. That's going to wrap it up for today's chat episode. Take it away on the post roll there, Drew. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap. Just tap it in. The subscribe button. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a room. The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, Uncle Larry, or whoever it is that talks to you on your phone, play podcast, sip suds and smokes. We love your feedback and you can reach us at info at sip suds and smokes.com. Our tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram with our handle at sip suds and smokes. And our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with the thousands, millions, and millions of other fans on those social media platforms. Do us a favor. Take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Come back, join us for another episode, and keep on sipping.
This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. Thank you.